one of my big things about this, David Koresh, he he also, in addition to everything else, just looks like a guy who doesn't brush his teeth. Like he oh. just looks like he's got really bad breath. Yeah. You know? For days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else he looks like? A fucking murderer. That like and an insane murderer. Also, Julian <laughs> Pensavale. Patrick Hines. Really had no idea where I'm you were gonna going. I'm going to get you one. every time now that me. she's back. That's going to be a thing now. I'm going to be like, wait, is it? It's going to be the crocodile alligator <laughs> joke all yeah, over yeah. again every week. Do you know who told me that joke? Joe? Joe. Who's Joe? Joe, Joe Mama. Mama. Now I'm in on it. Oh my goodness. Hi, fam. Hello, everybody. Hey, look, before we get to this, can I just tell them one more time my book is coming out September you, 26th? You better. So listen, there's going to be tons of free ways to read it. It's going to be in a lot of libraries and Great. stuff. If you want to get it and sort of help me get on the bestseller list, maybe, hopefully, possibly, mm-hmm. the weeks leading up to the launch are the important ones. So Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere that like counts towards the list, those two definitely do. Okay. I'd love it if you came to Obsessed Fest. Sure. October 20th to the 26th. Second in Dallas, all your favorite podcasters are going to be there. Everybody, it's a weekend of just like true crime panels and meetups and meet and greets and drag brunch and the Taylor Swift sing along yeah. and karaoke with Ellen and Joey. Hell yeah! Did I say drag brunch? You did, but it's bit bears it repeating. It, it bears, bears repeating. repeating. <laughs> uh, and like a lot of solo traveler meetups, so you're never yeah. alone at a TCO show or a nope. network thing. So yeah, come hang. It's going to be fun. One last thing: join us on the Patreon. Almost 400 full ad-free bonus episodes. You get a full ad-free bonus episode every single Friday. Time flies. 400. I almost 400. My goodness. It's wild. Yeah. All right, girl, what are we talking about today? All right, so this is an ABC News special. It's called Waco Truth and Lies. You have been asking us, dear listener, uh-huh. for years I to didn't cover this do horrible it. case. You I didn't, didn't want to do it. I, I, I'm so, t- like, this story is so awful. It's so awful. We touched on it a little bit in the Oklahoma City episode, yeah. but people, and then there was another, like, eight-part series, and yeah. we were like, okay, we'll, we'll cover the story for you, but we're not doing the eight-ups. Totally. Too much. Dozens of federal agents are surrounding the headquarters of a religious cult. The worst blow the ATF has ever suffered. At least four federal agents and a member of a cult group are dead. The man, of course, is David Koresh. You will overcome through my power. You are mine. You're raised with just fear. (laughs) Everywhere is fear. What he taught was is that he was God's prophet. God's mouthpiece. These people, these branch Davidians, they were willing to follow him, follow him to the point of death. It's war! Well, he'd been saying for such a long time that they were going to come for us. And then they did. You just see all these black dots coming at you. Tell them there are children and women in here and to call it off. This is going to be a bloodbath. Come point guns in the direction of my wives and my kids. Damn it, I'll meet you at the door anytime. You want us to come out, but now you're bringing in military tanks. This is going to be a war. Well, the first thing we hear are just the words David Koresh was a monster. Was a monster. And <laughs> true. 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 That's a true fact. Um, but it, this is interesting because they have a lot of people who are actually there yeah. on both sides of it, the government side and the the Branch Davidian side. Can I just say the person who says the monster thing, her her name is Mary Garofalo. She was a reporter for A Current Affair. <laughs> I said, did they call them reporters? Like, do they call the people who work at TMZ reporters? Yeah, well, they shouldn't with TMZ, <laughs> but I believe they do. I think that A Current Affair is only a very small cry <laughs> from TMZ. Yeah, she, you know, I'm on board because yeah. she's like, he's a monster. That's the first words she yep. says. They she, say he was a self-proclaimed Messiah who used the Bible and scripture as a weapon. Highly unstable. All yep. of these things are true. Mary coming in hot. 
Yeah. With a lot of truth. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. This piece of shit's mother is here. We'll get to her in a second. Bonnie. Bonnie, do, Bonnie I need you to knock it off. Yeah, we have an apologist on our hands, and I I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. But we get his backstory. We get the Koresh backstory. His Ugh. name, he was born Vernon Hollow. His mom was 15 when he was born. Yeah. Troubled childhood. The mom was married three times before that. Whatever. This is where we get his fucking mom, Bonnie. She describes David, this mass murderer. He was very cute, lovable little boy, very inquisitive. A doer. He learned by doing things. Tearing motors apart. First truck I bought him. First thing he did was tear the motor out. And that's the way he did the Bible. He searched through and dissected it like he did a motor or whatever. He loved to tear apart motors yeah. the way he tore apart the Bible. Like <laughs> the way he and tore lives apart the- and like families. And she goes, even back then. God was preparing David for later on. I no, know. Bonnie, we're not doing this apologist bullshit. I said, Bonnie, sweetheart, this is a real opportunity for some self-reflection. How yeah. about we do a little self-reflection? Or just saying, like, I can't believe this happened. Like, there is something. We see. We talk about this a lot. Like, we can't believe that the parents are here, the family yes. members of either victims or people who have done really atrocious things. And I thought this could have been, like... I, I feel bad. I know. You know. Like, it must be a fucking horrible thing. And to, I like, see that your kid, like, did something like this, but she, like, in the end, she's like, he's special. He, yeah, he no, really no, no. made something of himself. Mm. You know what she gets? Oh, boy. Garbage she's bell back. for Bonnie. The garbage bell is on the Patrick side of the table. I know. And we'll see where she lands <laughs> We'll see today. where she goes. If you need her, just ask for her, yeah. girl. But at first, you know, David Koresh, I'm just going to call him the cult leader. Sure. I'm not saying this guy's fucking name. Great. His name has been too famous for too long. It's true. It's not even his real name. It's not even his Vernon. real name. Come on, Vernon. But a lot of people have like stage names. Yeah, um, Well, but speaking of. Do you know that when I was growing up, my stage name was going to be Seth Parker? When I was. Girl, <laughs> really? <laughs> I used to practice doing my autograph as Seth Parker with a big swoopy S. Really? Yeah. I was going to be. When I was gonna, when I was like in middle school and I imagined I'd be like a famous Broadway star. Sure. I was going to be Seth Parker. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. I know. I don't know what there you don't a, know where any of the, it just No, there was a boy named Seth that I had a crush on. Sure. He, there his it name is. is Seth Doan. He went on to become like a meteorologist. Oh, you can great. look him up. He's like a little bit known. Okay. And my mom's last name is Parker. Oh, Seth okay. Parker. All right. That makes a lot more I sense. I thought it just Maybe, like poof appeared. That's what I'll write my second book under. <laughs> my nom de plume. Your nom de plume. <laughs> um, so this cult leader and murderer always wanted to be famous. Back in the 70s, that's when all the guys want to be rock stars. Yeah, I thought he had ability. I really did. But as he got older, he wanted not to be a rock star, but to do the kind of music that would bring him to Christ. So then he wanted to be a Christian rock star. Yeah. I wanted to say one other thing here, because I think this could be real. He said that when he was a kid, he said that God used to talk to him. Like, mm-hmm. he used to hear God talking to him. Sure. I do think that David Koresh suffers from severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, hearing voices could be true. Okay, and my sure. my thing is, like, I don't understand why this gives... Why does everybody automatically jump to Messiah and not, like, why? Don't we get him evaluated? Right. And there you know are, what I mean? There are people who I know who are very, um, have a very strong faith yeah. level. And I, they, I could be one of those people. Right. Totally. But they say like, oh, like I talk to God and to them, that's their prayer. That's Same. their meditation. I do. That's not how no. this guy means yeah, it. Yeah. No, God talks back to you through like ice cream sundaes. Right. Do there's, you know what I mean? There's talking to God where yeah. you're like, wow, I really just had a moment. Totally. I had this really meditative thing. Yes. Wow. Or I feel like better about things. Yeah. Or I have guidance now. I, and I also think like if God needs to get on the PA, he's going to talk to all of us. Yeah. She, you know what I mean? She'll make herself clear. Totally. <laughs> Although but, I do have some questions. I, do, I mean, I oh God. 
still. I know. No, but my point is just like I really do think that like a psych evalu like Daisy had to have a psych evaluation to find out what her learning disabilities oh, were. Yeah, of course. Why not like give this to a kid who says God is talking to him? I'm not saying he's not like I'm not saying it's the impo- I'm not ruling out Messiah if that happens. Uh-huh. I'm just saying could we look at other things too? I mean, we're barely handling mental health I know. today. I know. So back then, like no. I know we're fucked. No, the answer is no. That never could have happened back then. Yeah. So he finds the Branch Davidians, and it's an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yeah, which, by the way, my my mom's, like, going back generations was, like, big in the Seventh-day Adventists. What are they? I don't do? really know. Okay. They, they are very doomsday. doomsday. Well, the Branch Davidians specifically, because yeah. they're, like, an offshoot of the Seventh-day yes. Adventists, and they are all about doomsday. Like, the end of the world's coming. We're all going to die. We have to separate ourselves from the world. We're yeah. prepping for the end of days. It's interesting, too, because I remember when I learned that the Branch Davidians weren't invented by David Koresh. I know. Like, they were, they've been around since, like, the because the David thing? The David thing. Yeah. So that, like, they were well established. And a lot of people here are named David. I'm like, wait, did I they know. change their name to da- Is that part of the cult? You never oh, know. Oh, that's so interesting. I thought so, but I couldn't find any information about well, it. Well, because he joins this, like, established church and then quickly becomes the leader and then the prophet. Like, worked his way up the ranks, I guess, in the cult? How do you work your way up to prophet? Either God is talking to you or they aren't. Or, but the thing is, we, we deal with this a lot, like, People are just good at this. There are yeah. some people yes. in the world who use their influence for evil yes. and bad shit, and this guy is one of them. So the, one of their beliefs is like we have to separate ourselves from the world for doomsday. To which I say TikTok cult o'clock. Like that's like that's sign number one. Oh yeah, yeah. But what that means is everyone is like all of the comforts of the world too. There was no running water, no heat, no electricity of any kind. We had to go to Bible study three times a day. Women had to wear long blouses covering their rear ends and no makeup ever, no jewelry. Doing Bible study three times a day, a even lot. if you love the Bible, that sounds so boring. It's a lot. Halfway through the second one, you're like, I'm just halfway through. <laughs> I, I still have another like reading and a half. I know. I know. It's a lot. And these people were coming from all over the world, like in all walks of life, yep. Australia, New Zealand, China, like every, every, it was a very, very diverse crew. And this happens with these kinds of people because, you know, they do say that David, like they say, something, like he like memorized the Old Testament by the time he was 10 and by the time he was 16, he memorized the New Testament. That's like the fire and brimstone one, it's, right? Yeah, That's yes. the scary one? They're all scary. They're all a little scary. And, but like he's, they're, they're saying that people are, are coming from all over the world to study with this like savant Bible scholar. Right. Like Margarita Vega, she was yeah. a socialite from Hong Kong. She was super glamorous, like really, really lived the high life, a yeah. true socialite. And she let it all go when she joined. Yeah. And her daughter is named Ursula. And she kind of says, because she's here. Again, a lot of people who were actually there are here. Yes. Um, and Ursula says, like, you know, my mom really, really wanted to believe. She wanted it to be real. But Ursula kind of explains that her mother was like, she was struggling with it from time to time. And I think that happens to a lot of people in these cults. And I think that's a good, like... A hun- I, I, question you know, everything. Question it, yes. you know? This is where we learn that Koresh had, like, complete control over his followers. He told them where to sleep, who to sleep with, what to work, what not to do. He's the Lord of the manor in every sense of the word. He had absolute, absolute authority over the air they breathed, over literally the food that they ate every day. 
What they could read. I know. What they could eat. Yeah. He says, like someone says, he truly believed he's on a mission from God. I'm like, who is he, a blues brother? <laughs> Only Jake and Elwood Blues are allowed to say that in their Chicago accent. We're on a mission from Gad. He, uh, they also were saying like they, he wouldn't let them drink milk, not for any reason other than because it's, he considers it baby food. And they're adults. And, they're adults. and I'm like, adults who can't think for themselves. And look, I know, I know. no one joins a cult. I understand that. I'm yes. not saying that. But like, this gets really bad. And don't tell me what I can and cannot drink. I know. They could have apples and bananas together, but not bananas and oranges. I'm like, no bananas and oranges. Absolutely not. How dare you even ask me that? So like, fruit, they can have fruits and vegetables separately. Yes, together. All right, enough with this blatant disrespect. I know. What am I going to have? I celery know. and a carrot and together? And a lot of it is just like his, like you can tell it's just based on his personal preferences. But then like, it, he made it so impossible. It's all very hard. And so much of it is innocuous, right? Yeah. Like who cares about if you can eat an apple and an orange together or a they banana? They banish a lady for telling somebody else that she could have cheese. Some guys, what? so like no sugar, no processed flour, no cheese, and people were thrown out. Some guy's wife thrown out. who's here talking was like, I never saw my wife again because she had a piece of cheese. And that's insane. I know, I but know. again, like the standards are impossible. So not only can you not have this processed food, no sugar, no flour, which I'm, you know, I'm, I know is probably a healthier way to sure, live. But, but then like, these stupid rules about have like- Have a chip and live. Have a chip and live. But also these stupid rules of like, is the apple touching the orange? Is that all right? What is Daisy Tipton Hines run this cult? <laughs> oh, you, she doesn't like when food she touches? She is so particular. Don't you dare. You get your you get the ketchup near her chicken nuggets, it's over. But she eventually dips the nugget in the ketchup, yes, right? But on, it has her to be her, on her terms. I, I see. Because then you don't want it sitting in the ketchup. I, you get a little soggy. <laughs> I understand. Don't I be on her side here. It's been nine years of this, Jillian. Nine years and one quarter, she'll tell you. She told me about 16 <laughs> times at the live show. And I was like, I know, that's awesome. And she's like, in one quarter. And I'm like, I. I'm not arguing. I got, I, I Nine totally, and one quarter. I believe you. Yeah. And I won't tell anyone any different. 100%. Until like three months from now when now you're a full half. They were totally. Um, and like, but they all, the thing is, they all knew they were in a cult. They yes. would joke about it. Like, we're in a cult, but you know what? Christianity is a cult too. And I'm like, well, you got me there. Well, That's and the other true. thing about all the rules is that. We began disciplining our children at eight months of age, usually, because we were preparing for a time when our children had to obey us like that. Um, this is war we were preparing for. We didn't have time to argue with the kids. If we told them drop, they're going to drop. Otherwise, they could die or we could die. Children had to like listen to their parents on a second's notice because at some point they're going to be fighting the fucking, the, the machines are going to rise or up or whatever. Yeah. And they're going to be fighting and, and everyone's going to die if the kids don't listen. So like it was really violent. So yes. they would instill all of these rules. that They would spank the grown-ups. The grown-ups. And then the kids. And then they would like force the adults to like beat their own kids. And it's one of those things where it's like they're everyone's kids now. But they would also give the kids to David to beat yeah. if he asked them to. Yeah. And he would beat them so severely. They say that the, the discipline started at eight months old. Right. Like, it's torture. And the thing is, like, but why the violence? Like, there's no other way. This right. is a power trip. This is a manipulator. This yeah. is an abuser. But, like, okay, it's about fear. It's about control. But if you really would step back for a second, like, so why the violence again? Cult right. leader? Like, why am I beating my child for the end of days? Or if we're why, all going to die anyway. Why am I letting you beat my exactly. child? Like, like to like, pass your kid off to him to beat within an inch of their lives. They're seven. Yeah, it's all fear. It's all control. One of the former members tells us, like, she was there when she was a kid. Yeah. It was disciplined 24-7. And this is another... It was another, just fear, she says. You just lived in fear like, always. totally walking on eggshells. Nothing she ever did was right. He would just find reasons to have issues with people. And that, like, always led to violence. And now we get, like, a backstory of what was going on in America at the time. So in the 90s. In the 90s. It was an interesting time in America. The Cold War was over. 
I will faithfully execute the... We had our first baby boomer president in Bill Clinton. We had the first attack on the world trade power. Ruby Ridge had just happened. Ruby Ridge had just happened. Right. And this is significant because it was the first time like an anti-government right-wing separatist had like decided to live off the grid and the government sort of came and attacked him. We covered it in the Oklahoma City thing. In the Oklahoma City documentary we covered. Yes. You know, neither side understood each other. Like the government and the Ruby Ridge people, like they didn't want to. It was just, it was a mess. But because it was a mess, like from the government side, the government fucked it up and they will do it again here. Yes. It sort of proved everything they were saying. And so it just like... Like, it, it was just more distrust in the government. Exactly. So let's talk about the compound. Oh, my God. Super isolating. Cult rule number one. Isolate everybody. Keep them away from the world and, like, any sense of rationality, right? That's, yeah. that's what the isolation is, so that you're only in your own little bubble and echo chamber. They call the compound the ranch apocalypse. Yeah, no. It was a 77-acre compound. The men lived on the ground floor, the women on the second floor, with David Koresh's bedroom up there, too. There was a gymnasium, there was a chapel, a large kitchen, and there was a shelter, a buried school bus, where they could go to in an emergency. A shelter, a.k.a. a buried school bus that they could go to in an emergency. I remember the bus. Happy Doomsday. I know. I remember this. I remember because, like, in the end, they find a lot of bodies down there. Jesus. This is what Lori Val, she was a seventh, she was, was she a Branch Davidian? But she was, like, a big doomsday. That Like, I think there's more than one one sect here that are the the doomsday preppers. Wasn't there, like, a show on some, like, about the doomsday preppers? Yeah, and then I think it got real. Scary? Scary. Yeah. It wasn't like, I cut coupons. Right. Remember the coupon yeah. show? Oh, my God. We get, like, 700 bottles of mustard, and they'd have to give you money. But, yes, exactly. <laughs> they'd, she'd walk out of there with six bucks like yeah nailed it but a lot of the there was a lot of crossover there because a lot of them were people who were a little bit into the doomsday prepping that's why it was like okay to have 16 jars of mayonnaise Uh every week uh because they would have like separate sheds and separate garages specifically for all of the stockpiling why do people believe the things they believe i don't know i I just don't i I don't get it i don't know but also like how did they build all of this i know i know and where's the money coming from because it's not like any of them well i mean i guess some of them did have money like we never get the backstory on how like in other cults he, they demand that you right. give him all the money we or never... you can work at like the vegan restaurant but all of your all yes. of your checks and everything go right back into the cult I don't know because they're gonna buy like eventually a cache of guns that couldn't have been cheap no and that's the thing like yeah they built it themselves but that costs a ton of money a ton of money just for like the supplies yeah. and all of the things you need like yeah. not just hiring someone to build a 77 acre compound cult I love like if, I guess if you're not worried about heating if you're not worried about the HVAC I guess <laughs> That's true, because they don't have any water. Yeah. Or electricity. Even I could build, like, a shelter in the woods without electricity or running water. And you're just waiting for doomsday. You're not doing much. You're waiting for doomsday or Bigfoot. You're not allowed to do anything. I know. Do you remember the moment at the live show where I came out in the Bigfoot costume? I do. It was pretty And everyone has been posting, like, oh, my God, she's real. She appeared at the TCL live show. <laughs> that costume is out of control. Fam, if you're coming to Obsess Fest, I'm just saying you're going to see it. It is a full, I don't want to give too much away, but it's yeah. not like a rinky-dink costume. No, it's although legit. it was only like $50, but I will tell you, it is. it weighs about 90 pounds, it's, and it's always 800 degrees in there. It's the real deal. I know. <laughs> So we meet Kiri Jewell. She's a survivor. She was a kid at the compound. Her mom was Sherry Jewell. Sherry was from Hawaii. And she's just like, the, Kiri is one of the people we meet who survived and her parents didn't. Right. And she just says that like her mother loved her and she was like the apple of her mother's eye. Sherry Jewell took her very young daughter to Mount Carmel to live with the Branch Davidians and David Koresh. 
she became his 20th wife. David Crash became the most important thing in her life. Everything that she did changed to meet his needs. Every single thing the mom does now becomes about meeting David's needs. Not yeah. even for God, just for David's needs. The prophet. Yeah. Ugh. So this guy was constantly talking about sex in like a very, very, very explicit way. Like, I'd love to just drive right front by of the kids and everything. Like, but, but it's kind of important because he like w- one of the things that would happen is you would show up as a couple and he would dissolve the marriages and oh, take yeah. the wife for God or yes. whatever. But he was having sex with the women, with the girls, and again, just like we, ju- it's just the same playbook. Like. It didn't happen maybe on the first day, but right. over time, over years of grooming or even months or weeks right. of grooming. Because like nobody then, would stay if you showed up with your wife and he's like, hi, right. your wife's my wife now, bro. God said so. And then, But then he would turn it into like God was choosing the women. So yes. it got to the point where you'd be like, oh my God, God chose me. Well, and Kiri, as a little kid, says she was one of his favorites. Oh. And we'll get more on that later. But like... And it like as soon as they like turned my blood cold when she said that. I agree, of course. And th- this is where we hear again, like you know, they were joking about how it was a cult, which you know can go either way. But like yeah. they knew this was wrong because they were so concerned about Koresh being arrested for statutory rape. Yes. And we hear a lot about like the very heightened state of awareness about what was going on. So it's hard to see these people now. Yeah. Again, nobody joins a cult, but like the way they were saying, it's not like well, looking back, uh huh. I realize now they were saying in the moment, like they were trying to protect him from the. The forthcoming statutory rape charges and just right ra- and rape charges and that's not These are kids the end of it like we get defenders to the end here like people who yes. would, would would go back and join up today if they could right who in the moment were like maybe this doesn't look great but i'm still in yes you know yes it's not that hindsight 2020 stuff that we love kiri tells us this horrible story about how she was groomed by david yeah and her own mother he would take me on the back of his motorcycle and go up to the mountains So I kind of knew that I was special because he didn't take just anyone. He wasn't even taking adults on these trips, so why was he taking me? She was very young. I think she was 11 at the time. She let it come out that her mom had taken her to a hotel room and that David Koresh was there waiting. Her mother would deliver her to Koresh. As a child. As a child. This is fucking disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah. But, like, her mother... According to Kiri was just saying, like, this is what she was, quote, supposed to do. And yeah. it's like, no, you're supposed to protect your child. I mean, of course. You like, don't deliver an 11-year-old. How do you completely lose your... I mean, it's a real question. How do you lose your complete sense of self when you yeah. join a cult? I don't know. I don't know. So we get this whole, like, backstory on guns and everybody in Texas has guns and Waco, gods and guns and all the whole thing. Yep. But we're learning that, like, the people who live in Waco are hearing open firings on the compound. Right. So we know they have guns. This is important. They're like stockpiling weapons. They're doing target practice outside and everyone around knows it. And Koresh was very vocal about militarizing his followers. That was the thing, you know? Because the end of the world is coming and we they're going to come for us. Kiri says this at one point. Like, he said over and over again, they're going to come for us, they're going to come for us and then they fucking did. They're prepping for war. Exactly. exactly. And then they fucking did. And constantly talking about guns, like talking about how to kill other people, how to... Kill yourself yourself if you have to. Just this constant feeling of impending doom. And I'm like, I thought cults at least started out kind of fun. And I just have to know, like, can you lighten up? Like, was there ever a moment of levity around the fucking compound? I know. And it's just like, and him too. It's like, God. I mean, (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe that's actually what he was saying. But, you know, yeah, preaching about how they're coming. And, yeah. and But the thing is, like, most of the time they're not coming for you. This right. time they were. Yeah, that's true. The problem here is that the government really fucks up. It really fucks up, but it also happens in the dumbest way. One of the reasons that the Branch Davidians started to get investigated by the ATF was because one day a delivery man for UPS delivered a box of grenades to David Koresh and the Bronx broke open. The box broke open. Oh my God. And the Grenades del- start rolling out. And the delivery guy didn't know what he was carrying. Yeah. So he's like, uh, and just calls ATF. <laughs> That's like a really good call. I wouldn't know who to call yeah. if I'm delivering a box and, and grenades start spilling out all over the place. Like Fucking grenades. Grenades. A box of grenades. Do you know grenades. how clumsy I am? The I likelihood that I'm going to drop that box. Your shoes are always untied. I know. That's and why I now only wear Oh, the wrong I only, I only wear shoes with no, with no laces. Right. Your shoes are always untied. There's always some kind of ketchup stain on my shirt somewhere. Just ask Daisy. She'll tell you. <laughs> Just don't let the ketchup touch the chicken oh nuggets God, until not. she is ready. Uh, Please. Beans and rice, it's a battle. You think, you, you want to talk about the end of the world? You let Daisy's <laughs> beans and rice touch and see what happens. But it, eventually they mix, right? <laughs> yes. Or does she, is she eating like one grain of rice at no, a time and one she bean? she scoops them on a tortilla chip. She's a weird little kid. <laughs> no, that's a great move. It's a very good move. I fully support that move. Before I left, Mike was like, what What do you want for dinner when you come home now? All these ideas are flowing. I'm going to start texting Mike. I... Rice and beans. Yeah. But this is the thing. When when the delivery guy reports this to the ATF, they're like, wait, what? Who is this person stockpiling grenades? And that's when they start to look into the Branch Davidians in terms of, like, what kind of weaponry they're stockpiling and why. Right. So Roland from the ATF is like, look, we heard about the weapons. We heard about the guns. They're also making their own weapons. Yes. And then the more they look into it, it's just rampant child abuse and sex abuse happening in this cult. They started an operation called Operation Trojan Horse. Yeah. 77 agents were yeah. involved in this initial raid. They that say it was more than a simple search warrant. It felt more like a military operation, which it should. There's 150 people who live up there and an unknown number of guns and hand grenades. And also weapons that they're making themselves. Yeah. God knows what the fuck they were. I mean, God literally knows. Literally. She does. I know. Um, but so, like, the ATF sends up a mock compound. They rehearse this for days and days yeah, and days. but it's like, it's as though I'm in charge. The undercover part of the investigation involved ATF setting up across the street from the uh, compound. They put in four 40-year-old ATF officers to pretend that they were students. And when they were moving, they didn't move in furniture. They moved in equipment that it was in cases. So it was very suspicious, needless to say, right off the bat. The Branch Davidians knew exactly what was happening. They clocked them immediately. Yeah. yeah. Because the ATF says, look, we are outgunned here 100%. Right. So they, it needed to be a surprise. So they have these these 40-year-olds posing as students. Yeah. Their cover's blown. And they don't, like, the, like moving in as new students, they don't move in in any furniture. It's just, like, boxes of papers God, and, like, on. surveillance equipment. In your ATF jackets, probably. <laughs> oh, it's my dad's. Actually, it's my grandfather's because I'm that young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, only, I'm only 18. And one of those agents was Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And he was a plant in the cult. So he actually joined the Branch Davidians trying to infiltrate, and it doesn't go great. Talk about drawing the shortest straw. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to go live on that compound. Yeah. And, like, the government plays this all wrong because Koresh's whole thing was the end of the world is coming and the government's going to start the war. Yeah. And the government just leaned right into that. Right. Leaned exactly into so that Koresh could be like, see, I told you. But the thing about that too, they say that they, like the ATF, they wanted to show what they could do. Yeah. They was just all like machismo, bro shit. Yeah. Rather than being smart, people 
died. Like, I mean, so, so many, many people died. of the Branch Davidians died, but so but I think they lose four ATF agents on the first day. Yeah, it's been, and this goes on four days. Yeah, days and, like, and days. They're also like. Not four days, we, not the number. No, yeah, four days. Four days. We covered this a little bit in the Timothy McVeigh episode as yeah. well, because on the day of the operation, again, they've blown their cover already, but yeah. like they still, like the Davidians don't necessarily know what day it's all going to go down. A local news crew has gotten oh a tip that there's going to be like an action at the Branch Davidian compound. So they're downtown, like looking for a parking space. They get lost. They get lost. The mailman's like, what you looking for? How can I help you? And and they're like, yeah, hi. So we're the news crew. We're here to cover the raid over at that cult. Can you point us in the right direction? Thanks. Like, you know, the ATF is involved. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, it's happening today. But we don't want to get scooped. So totally. can you just give us the directions? The postman turned out to be a Davidian. He immediately went back and advised uh, David Koresh that the ATF was on their way. And the fucking guy that they're telling this to is a Davidian. Like, is a Davidian. Can you believe, like, what on earth? So he runs back to the cult and he's like, the ATF! <laughs> <laughs> just mail strewn yeah, everywhere. Fuck the mail. Just oh boxes of grenades you all know over it's, the place. They probably could have gotten them on mail fraud totally. faster yes. than they did this. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Don't, the mail, Don't fuck with the mail. So this is the worst, right? Because so then Koresh is like, one of you is a plant. Somehow they figure out that there's a plant. They find this guy and he's like, tell the ATF that we know that they're coming and we're going to fight like hell. And the FBI, the ATF plant is like, all right, it's on. Here we go. He goes back to the ATF and the ATF doesn't believe him. So like once again, everyone is saying... Look at it, like, zoom out for a second. Yeah. This is a compound full of 150 people that have stockpiles of guns and grenades. They are inside. We've lost the element of surprise. This never should have happened this day. Never. And so the agents who are here with us today in this 2020 special are like, this is not how we wanted to do it. All the orders came from the top, so yeah. you're going to have to talk to them. <laughs> right. But it's fucking chaos immediately. It's it, The ATF descends on the compound. It's a firefight from the very beginning. And they say they were walking into an ambush because the Davidians knew. And, like, the news is still there. Yeah. Like, the reporters are giving a play-by-play. Like, it's wild. Yeah. And they're saying that, like, this is where the blame game starts because they're like, well, nobody really knows who fired the first shot. Okay. You know? But the orders came from the top and no one really wanted to do it. It's like, it was just a mess. Yes. But then, you like, you know what's going on in there. Well, but we also hear that, like, inside, Koresh is saying, like, and who knows if this is true or not. Yeah. But he's running around being like, nobody do anything stupid. I want to go out and talk to them. This is where we get, like, the miscommunication because the people inside are saying Koresh wanted to talk to them, figure this out peacefully. I'm not saying that's real. I'm just saying that's what they're saying. Sure. And on the outside, you have the agent saying, okay, we see Koresh coming to the door. So, so far their stories line up. And as the agent is running towards him being like, FBI, FBI, search warrant, search warrant. And he, and Koresh is screaming like, I just want to talk to you and go peacefully. They're not listening to each other. No. They can't hear they each can't other. They can't hear each other. So Koresh slams the door closed and now the FBI feels as though they've been refused. Right. And now it's war. Uh, yeah. So we get audio of someone in the cult talking to this guy, Larry Lynch, from the sheriff's office. Uh, The cult called 911 because (laughs) that's how insane this is. And so Larry has to talk everyone off all the ledges. You hear the gunshots, and I'm thinking, this is getting out of hand. I'd had an eight-hour class in negotiation prior to that, about two or three weeks before it, I guess it was. He's taken one eight-hour class in negotiations. <laughs> two weeks ago, he Two says. weeks ago, and now he has to deal with this. Yeah. So Larry's telling them to cease fire. If you, He's telling the cult, if you stop, the ATF will yeah. stop. No one can hear each other. No one's listening. If you stop first, I promise you they yes. will stop. They're yes. only firing because you're firing. Right. 
the cult isn't. But how can it. you even tell who's firing? You, you know, know what I mean? Right. Like, there's hundreds of people firing guns at this and, point. And like, why would you trust the government? Exactly. So, I mean, especially when like now you got to now you got to deliver for your followers. I told you they're coming. I told you they're they're here exactly. now. Right. Like, I, I'm sure Koresh is like, holy shit. I know. <laughs> I knew I was good, but I, I was that totally. <laughs> oh do my you god. Think that those people do they go to bed tonight knowing that they're not prophets and that they have everyone fooled, or do they believe it? I think like the Keith Ranieri's of the world know uh-huh. it's bullshit. Uh-huh. I think like your Charles Manson or the uh the guy from Wild Wild Country, yeah. he believed it. They, what was I that think guy's they name? believed it. The Rashnishi? Yeah, but what was his name? It was like Bagwan. Bagwan, yeah. Bagwan. That's the one where he's like he's like hang gliding and then yes. he's like almost and they're like, No, oh, no, 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 that's not Bagwan. That that was the 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 the, the source family. The source family. Right. I told you when I was in Hawaii, I went and met one of the guys know, in the cult. Insane. And he had dead shark eyes and it was fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So the cult <laughs> The cult leader went hang gliding. He went hang gliding and then he like had an accident and oh, all no. the, the girls were like, oh no. I know. Oh but they were like, can we eat real food now? I know. Are we gonna not be abused anymore? Like I can know. we just leave? I know. So the call gets cut off, obviously, because it's chaos down here, Tom. Yeah. And the cops call back and who answers? Who am I speaking with? This is David Koresh. Okay, David. He was cool as could be, separated, compartmentalized, cold. That's not normal behavior. What you guys do that for? The notorious. Fuck off. I mean, come, come on. Come on. And he's like, very calm, yeah. very chill. Someone's like, this is not normal behavior. And yes. I'm like, not a, not a single thing about this is normal behavior. Yes. On either side. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. But now we see the ATF guys like putting up ladders going onto the roof. Yeah. And like, di- now they're arguing on the phone. And I gotta say, I was old enough to remember watching this. Like, you're watching this live. Live. Like, bullet holes going through the, the walls and the windows on it's both so sides. so irresponsible. You never, you don't know but, what like, you're to, gonna w- show. To watch it on TV, I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Koresh just wants to preach. Like, yes. He's exhausting. I know. I know. And eventually everything stops because everybody has run out of ammo. Yes. Like they think they have this endless supply and then suddenly it's like a hush falls over the cult. Yeah. And everyone has run out of ammo. Oh my God. So a lot of people are either dead or injured. Like yes. this was just handled so beyond poorly. And there's a former cult member saying, you know, I was watching these dead and injured ATF people get hauled away and I could see it in their faces like they didn't expect to lose. And they did. Yeah. And he looks really smug here. And I'm not defending the government or the ATF. They notoriously played this all wrong. But like today, he's still really smug about this horrible thing that happened. But at the same time, they say we know the cops never take a loss. We know they have a vendetta and they're they're going to come back for revenge. And the ATF guys straight up admits that they want revenge. They want revenge. Yeah. They were it's like, oh, we need even, to win. We can't We're going to say this. it's about saving the kids and we're no. going to say, no, they want revenge for their dead agents. But also like Branch Davidian, please let's not lose sight about what your precious cult leader actually is. Exactly. Like he's a fucking monster. So, yeah. oh, okay, well, let's be smug. The government lost, the cops yeah. lost, fun. Yeah. Yeah. But no, not because right. so many people died, so many people are injured and David Crash is a fucking monster. So let's not be smug about any of this. And this is only it's a tragedy. Get worse. Exactly. So now we go to like siege day one. So this is like when they've sort of retreated and now they're coming back. And like, this is exactly what the cult wanted. There were hundreds and hundreds of people and cameras there. At any one time, we had over 2,000 members of the media that were there. It didn't take long for every national show, every local station within 100 miles to be there. And they're there. This goes on for 51 days. Yeah. It never ends. It never ends. And, like, this is what Koresh wanted. Right. All eyes on him. He never had attention like this before. Now he's getting exactly what he wanted. Everyone's paying attention to him finally. And he's, quote, right. 
Uh-huh. There's that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm sure on the inside of the cult, he's saying like, this is why everyone's coming because they have to watch this like amazing thing that I predicted. And like, we're, we're all going to be heroes here. And they say within minutes, David Koresh is talking to the media. He's like, if, from within inside the compound, he's taking calls from CNN. A film producer faxes him the film rights documents. Are you, yeah. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? Are you kidding me? Selling the, the film rights? rights? I know. Fuck off, Hollywood producer. And God, what a stereotype. What a stereotype. I know. But we also, like, we learned that this Koresh guy was all over town. He was taking landscaping jobs. He was eating at restaurants. People around town knew him. So they could have just, like, picked him up at the restaurant. And that's important because they're saying that the press actually gets involved in correcting the record because the ATF is going out and holding press conferences. And they're saying, like, why didn't, like, why did it have to come to this? And the ATF is saying, he's a homebody. He never leaves the house. We knew Not we had true. to go to him. And they're like, no, this one guy who, like, works at the at the Mexican restaurant at the mall is like, he liked to go out and drink ice tea and eat nachos at this little restaurant at the mall. I'm almost positive that he had come in and uh, had lunch a couple of times, almost once a week. He loves nachos. He loves them. Who doesn't? Same. <laughs> you know what I mean? The point is the ATF didn't have to go to the compound and make the spectacle. Or 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 kill all these or, people. And, the, and put the kids in danger and all that. The, the guy up on a jog. Yeah. They wanted to make a scene. Exactly. So everyone has lost sight of the mission here. We're, yep. we're, we're, we're kind of losing it because they're proving the point of a lot of the people in the country at the time. Because remember, this is after Ruby Ridge. Yes. So there were a lot of people. There was a very big community who didn't trust the government, who, who basically they're proving a lot of people right. Yeah. Whether they're right or wrong, these actions are proving them right. They're also radicalizing those people. And Timothy McVeigh right. is one of the, we'll get yes. to, because Timothy McVeigh will learn, and we did learn in, in the Oklahoma City episode, of all the spectators, Timothy McVeigh is one of them. Like, yes. During this entire time, Timothy McVeigh is like, you know, a half a mile away watching this happen, right. like sitting on the hood of his car. And getting inspired. Yeah. So we're 30 hours in, and this is where the ATF is saying their main concern is to children. Yeah. We also learn that there's a difference between the negotiators who are on the phone with the people in the conference and the actual tactical teams were on the ground. And there's yeah. a big disconnect because the guys on the phone are making connections with the people inside and they're trying to end this peacefully. Right. And the guys outside, the tactical guys are pissed off and they want to they, they show a force. And so, and David Koresh is using this as an opportunity to like preach. Yes. Because the major goal is to get the kids out safely. So at first he refuses and then he's like, okay, fine. I will send them out in pairs, but... You have to listen to the scripture first. Like, yeah. You, and you have exhausting. to play it on the radio. Like you right. have to take it to the local radio station and play it there. Right. And so he starts sending the kids out two at a time. And this is all over the news. Yeah. He knew that those children would appeal to the public. It's a total of 10 children have been released from the compound. He wanted the public to think that if they died, they died at the hands of law enforcement. And if there's like bloodshed, it's yeah. all on the ATF's hands. Yeah. So 18 kids are eventually released in the first couple of days. There's 20 other children still believed to be inside. These kids are taken to emergency shelters. I remember when this was happening too. And each kid is being assessed by a specialist and they say they're learning a lot from these kids. They're singing songs with lyrics like... We've got to hold up the blood-stained banner. Got to hold it up until we, we die. die. They're like they, they are learning that these kids are being taught about the apocalypse. Yes, and how they're going to have to fight to the death. And they're very comfortable with guns. Yes, they're pointing like children, like six, yes, seven, eight years old, pointing rifles at people, like saying, I'm going to shoot you in the head. Yep. They're drawing pictures of just fire and destruction. One of the specialists is like, "What? what is that drawing? And the kid says, that's none of your business. You're going to find out. Soon enough, they yeah. say. 
That's terrifying. Terrifying. Like, we got to get these kids out of here. It's just like, this, this is what I always say. These kids have no power. No. They, they, like, they are just indoctrinated and brainwashed from, from, it's just like, who would do this to their kids? I know. I know. And like, what were they, what was the cult giving you in return? Exactly. Like, no food, no water. Because we learned, like, they, everything was, quote, rationed. Uh-huh. These people were drinking maybe eight ounces of water a day. Like, yeah. they, were, they were starving in there. Like, what is this getting you? Even before the ATF showed up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like. It's such a good question. Like, like you know, and I understand. At least he had a couple of sashes at Nexium. Uh, I know. To work your way up the and ranks. And you, like, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. But, like, we hear some of the kids who survived say later, they're like, my mom didn't want to stay, but she was too in. She couldn't. Oh, and, but that happens all the time, too. Yeah. That, and that's another abuser thing. It's right. like It's like people saying about, like, domestic violence survivors. Like, well, why didn't they just leave? Well, right. it's it, not that easy. Exactly. And they, they are totally isolated. This is 77 acres. I'm sure he's threatening that. Like, we're not hearing about it, but I'm sure he was painting a picture of misery On if he outside. left. You know? Yeah. So, of course. So the, the leader's being a nightmare. The government's trying to reason with him. Yeah, right. Uh, trying to establish some trust. Fat chance. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Like, nothing is working because you fucking came in too hot, ATF. Yeah, and this is where the negotiators say, like, can we, like, will you guys take a video and let us at least put a face to the names of the people we've, it's been going on for days and weeks. Days, yeah. So they send in a video camera and Koresh is, like, taking videos of himself and the kids. Yeah. And we see, like, the video is so sad because, the, like, all the experts are pointing out these kids in the video are terrified yeah, of David Koresh. Yeah, they're very Crash. robotic. Very robotic. They do what he said. Like, they are just, like, classic abused little kids. And they look like the hostages they are. Yes. I mean, that's what's happening here. Yes. I mean, they're being abused and they're, they're being held hostage. And then, like, to humanize themselves, the hostage negotiators send back a video of themselves like and videos like showing pictures of their kids i have a family too and these other gentlemen who have talked to you they have families we can show you pictures yes i'm an fbi agent but i'm also a human being i'm a father i love my kids and we know that that's exactly the way you feel too i mean this is stuff that does not come out of the negotiation playbook do you think this guy gives a shit? I know. He doesn't care about anybody no. but himself and causing chaos and destruction. Exactly. He doesn't care about little Dennis's soccer team or no. whatever. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, crazy that, like, it just seems like if they weren't going to pick this guy up alone off the street and they and they were determined to do something to break this cult up, the only way it was going to happen was to go in. Right. Which they shouldn't have done. Right. Now it's only day four, and so the Koresh agrees to leave, but, 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 only if the FBI plays some tapes of his preachings on the, these radio stations. Yes. The FBI does it. And then suddenly, God, that pesky bastard. Crickets. That I'm willing to come out. It just lies between one thing. My God told me to wait, and that's all I'm doing. Koresh, he changed his mind. Of course he lied. Of course. Of course he lied. But the FBI is pissed because he just keeps embarrassing them. And then Bonnie, the mom, is back to be like, listen, when God tells my son not to do something, he just doesn't do it. What can I tell Bonnie, you? Bonnie, shut up. Bonnie, shut up. I don't have any time for you. <laughs> shut up, Bonnie. I, Bonnie, I, honestly, I move along. Bye. Like, uh, Garbage Bonnie. Right? Like, yeah. Am I being too harsh? No. I, I don't think so. He's a fucking monster. She's an apologist. Like, I'm sorry. She I is, say right? it all the time. If Daisy killed somebody, I would still love my kid. But I'd be like, she's a monster. 
Or at least you would say she killed somebody. Yes. Even if you take the emotion out of it, the yeah. fact is the fact. Yeah. She's not saying any of these these horrible things he did. That's not talking to your kid, Bonds. No. I'm so sorry, like, girl. I'm sorry. It's not how it works. Yeah. It's really not how it works. This is someone who's just weaponizing religion and God and yes. faith. This is not and children. what it's like. Yes. And fucking children. So the FBI's pissed because Koresh keeps embarrassing them. They're embarrassed that they played this like stupid tape and then he like, did, like went back on his word. Right. And so this is where we get the real disconnect between the negotiators and the tactical guys because the negotiators are like, can you guys calm down and stop taking it so personally? Like, we're not there yet. But no, the tanks roll in. The tanks roll in. So now it's day 27. Yeah. And the government is trying everything they can to break these people. This is the famous... I mean, I remember watching this too. Floodlights over the place at night, blaring messages. Then they started playing loud music. Trumpets trumpeting, telephones ringing. They had helicopters buzzing over us, anything to keep you on edge. Come out, David. It's time to come out. Or just sounds of phones ringing. Just like psychological warfare to try to make you go like, shut up. I know. I know. Like they're playing that military bugle wake up thing 24 hours a day. That's what that is, right? How does it go? That's it, right? So there's that go. That would drive me nuts. I know. But the thing is, like, I'm sure it is. So what David Koresh is like effectively doing, which I don't even think he thought this far ahead, like he's also breaking down his own cult followers. Yes. Because he's like, I can handle this. But like, this has to be working a little bit. It's also crazy because he's been shot. Like he's in there having been shot. So right. doing all of, like not getting any medical attention. And like, it's just not working. Yeah. It's not working. And so it's making this worse for the negotiation team and the tactical teams because this is just a mess. This is where we learn about Steve Schneider. Steve and they, Schneider. They say that Steve was their best possibility for like talking some sense into David. Steve is a, a Davidian. A he's a Davidian. Davidian and he's on the inside and he's taking their calls and he's a highly educated guy and he'd come to the he'd come to the Davidians really like loving his wife and of course instantly the marriage was dissolved and his wife is now married to David. And she's pregnant. Steve and his wife were trying to have a baby but she got impregnated by David Koresh and that broke Steve's heart and the FBI was trying to use that to get him to turn on David Koresh. So they're like, okay, this this seems like someone maybe we can talk to. Yeah. Like he's definitely not invested in this cult. Like maybe we can talk to Steve. A if anybody bit. wants to kill Koresh, it's this guy. I mean, and but no, all of ATF. It doesn't work. Like it, it like it they, these people are so thoroughly brainwashed. We're 40 days in. It is now a certified tourist attraction. <laughs> people are going, this is so fucked up. I know. They're Wasn't going to Timothy like, McVeigh selling like t-shirts. Oh, yeah. He, like, made merch. There was merch. Yeah. Yes, I just had, like, a, a vision of the, the Oklahoma City documentary. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. So people are going to the standoff location, like, taking photos. Oh, my God. It's really fucked up. It's really bad, but they... Like, like they're SNL sketches that I are know. in total poor taste. I know. They eventually let Koresh's defense attorney go inside, and they're like, this is insane. Like, yeah. nobody lets a defense attorney go into the fucking crime scene. But he comes out, and he says David will give himself up after he writes down his interpretation of the seven like, seals. Like, okay, Fine, who cares? Whatever. Get him a pen and paper, write it down. Like, just get him. The seven seals. Like, whatever, but the FBI, ugh, they won't buy it. 
Yes. They're like, well, he's lied before, he's lying now, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, FBI. We gotta, we gotta stop this guy. Yes. Like, if he all he wants to do, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, he did lie about the thing. I don't know who to believe. No, now. and it, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, what they needed to have done is like fucking backed off and regrouped. Yes. You know what I mean? If the point was really to save the kids and not let innocent people die, including their own people, yeah. Like, no, you don't turn push, the music off, turn the bugle go off, go home, take you know? the, take the week, like, and and like, <laughs> take a beat. They're still gonna be there a week later. They're not going anywhere. You know, or at least you can have someone maybe like have eyes on them from yes. afar because maybe they would leave. Yeah, it's just I don't know. This tactic isn't. It was only going to end one way, right? You know, fifty-one days in, yeah. no one has left the compound in over a month. Eventually, the ATF is like, enough is enough. Yes, fifty-one days. It's a super windy day. That's important. The press wakes up. That lady, the, the journalist for a current affair. <laughs> Every time, sorry. That morning, we thought we were just going to have our regular routine. Except this time, when I looked. Through the binoculars, I saw a tank with an extended arm, and then we realized they were going in. A tank with an extended arm rolls in. Remember the one from the the marathon bombing on Patreon? The elephant where, trunk? The elephant trunk where they, they're, like, breaking into the boat where that, that kid one. was hiding? It's that kind of thing. Yeah. They're slowly saying, and it's like, it's like, this is not an assault. <laughs> Do not fire your weapons at us. That yeah. fire will be returned. Yeah, because they're, they're literally breaking the walls down using this tank. And... What they're doing now is just throwing tear gas in there into yes. the compound. All the while, they are repeating that Koresh can stop this at any time. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Like, hey, we don't have to do this. And the thing that the ATF is not understanding is that these people are perfectly prepared to die. Yeah. There was, They've been prepping for this. They were never going to come out. They They've were, been groomed for this. Exactly. This is exactly what they were told was going to happen. Right. Like, you're just proving them right. Yes. So they're going to try to gas them out. Yeah. But these people, the cult members, had gas masks. Yeah. Like you're saying, they knew. They Except were expecting not this. not for the kids. Not and like, this is what just fucking kills me. Like, they have all these grown up gas masks. It's got 20 fucking kids in there. Yeah. And like, the kids are just suffering. They're just yeah, suffering. They're just suffering. And then suddenly, like, the building's on fire. So, yeah, the building's on fire. And then we learned from somebody who was on the inside that they drive the tank through the front door. Mm-hmm. And this guy goes, it's kind of amazing to see a tank drive into your living room. Then he describes running up and down the hallways, waking people up, to which I said, were people sleeping? Oh, yeah. People were asleep. 51 days in, I can't keep my eyes open anymore. I guess you just learned to sleep through it. Oh I don't know. God. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, waking people up? What? I know. Maybe they were drugged or something. Maybe they knocked oh. themselves out. I don't know. But if you don't have water, I doubt you're having, you have pills and booze I know. to numb the pain. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that the, like doubt Friday it. night was like party night. I at really the doubt Schmitty it. Compound. But like. Pills and booze. I doubt it. Oh my it. God. This is not Heaven's what Gate or Liza one of the other the joint? I mean, but some cults are very into that. <laughs> That's true. So everyone is like, we don't know what happened. Like, we don't know how the building caught on fire. Yeah. But we have recordings that sound like Koresh and his followers set the fire from yeah. three different locations. Because we hear, we hear things like. No, save some for later. Don't use it all now. Yep. Pour some in the hallway, and that yep. can only come from them. I mean, and like, the, like the fire when you see it looks like you've just dumped a fucking right. bajillion bottles of gasoline. And like, you know, I think that the idea is that the government didn't necessarily start the fire, but they pushed the Davidians to start the fire. Do you know the lyrics to that song? We didn't start the fire. Can you do it? I know people oh, who can God. do it, what, right? What am I, 90? No. Something, something, Joe DiMaggio. J.F.K. I'm going to see him for the first time. You are? Yeah, one of my best friends, Eric, is like, loves seeing him. Billy Joel. Billy Joel, everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, totally. And I've never seen him live, and he's ending his residency, and I'm like, why not? I'm just saying, like, you're going to do a whole thing of, like, through the ages and not mention Stonewall. Like, come on, Billy. Did he not mention Missed opportune. Yeah. He didn't mention, like, any gay... No gay stuff. Billy. I know. Like, and you're from New York, Billy. Now I'm not going. You, you can still go. It's fine. Okay. Well... Eric's gay, yeah. and I'm so we have our own gay shit going on. You know, we'll we'll bring the gay shit ourselves. Totally. Don't worry about it. But this is horrifying because like the women and children were sent to that bunker. Yeah. That I guess that bus yeah. is that the bunker. Yes. And the people on the second floor were trapped, but like everyone was prepared to die. And I'm like, but were they? I mean, there wasn't anyone in those 51 days that was like, I don't know about this. And that is so tragic. It's a, remember Jonestown when like the story of Jonestown was like they were all prepared to drink the Kool Aid. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. That like you. When they, found, they were force feeding the kids. That's why we don't make the Kool Aid uh, joke. Force feeding the kids, and they were injecting the the, the grown ups that were refusing to take it. Yeah. It's so awful. It's a good reminder. We don't do the drink the Kool Aid joke because no. once we covered that, we were like, oh fuck, yeah, we didn't know that. Exactly. So now we don't say it anymore. We don't. Also, after Koresh gets shot, I don't think it's here; it's somewhere else. But I just had to mention it. When he thinks he's dying, he calls his mother to yell at her and tell her she wasn't Christian enough, but that he would have mercy on her on the other side. And she's here on 2020. <laughs> Saying what a great kid he was. Being that he really made something of himself. Well, the thing is, speaking of David Koresh being killed. Yeah. At the very end, David Koresh had a bullet wound right in his forehead, which came from a rifle where he died next to Steve Snyder. Many of the people died of gunshot wounds, some self-inflicted, some inflicted by others. Only nine people survived the day of the fire. 78 people would perish that last day. Many people were shot. Some of them are self-inflicted wounds. Some were shot by others. Yeah. So it feels like this was a little bit of a plan. Like when it all happens, uh-huh. like this is it's well so, because ugh. people are saying like I'm not going to let myself burn alive. I'd rather be shot. Right. You know. So we go to commercial. We come back to this really upbeat country music, and no. we we meet Mike Hansen, Waco memorabilia. We're not collector. doing this, Mike. I we're know. not doing this. Well, we're all, we're especially not doing this because also Alex Jones is here. I was like, what the fucking jump scare is Alex Jones <laughs> on my know. screen right now? I know. I think Alex Jones is from Waco, oh, and God. he's one of the. I mean, everyone knows who he is now, but he's one of those like crazy, super far-right conspiracy theorists. He was the one who thought the Sandy Hook kids were all fake. He thought they were crisis actors. Like, this guy is out of his fucking mind. he didn't actually think that. He He was just saying it. He just said it to sell fucking vitamins on his website. But he's evil. He he just lost some case. He had to pay a shit ton of money. Well, I don't know if he's actually paid anything, but he, like, like, the the judgment was, like, for, like, a billion dollars. Yeah, because he, like, he's a life ruiner. He's horrible. He's a really terrible person. So I was kind of like, I know that this was made before all that happened, but, like, how, I'm like, why is this ending with me having to look at Alex Jones's terrible like, face for five minutes? Stupid screaming! Like, I know. Oh my God! I know. But this guy, Mike Hansen, I was like, really? We're doing a Waco memorabilia thing? But he want he's. I'm like, oh, this is why they're showing him because he's like. I want people to be able to see what really happened 25 years ago. When I think of Waco, I think of murder and cover up. There's so many unanswered questions. Murder yes. and cover-up. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay, that's why the Alex Jones thing. Yeah, and it's one thing to say, like, remember the victims, which, of course, is valid and should happen. Because yeah. we see, like, Alex Jones takes all these people to, like, rebuild the site or whatever. Like, well, it's also tainted to me. It is, but, like, people like Alex Jones love Waco. Yes. Because it feeds into this alt-right, anti-government nonsense. Yes. But it's like, you love government when it's in my uterus, so uh-huh. make oh, a choice. shit, did you write that in your notes? No, I didn't. <laughs> but make a choice. Either yeah. you hate the government or you want it. In my body and making decisions for people like 
pick a fucking side or don't or just go away. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Um, but like they love that, right? Like the, totally. it, it totally feeds in because Koresh was like, oh, the government's going to do that. And then they did exactly what he was preaching. That yeah. Would like, they, like everyone fucked up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there were congressional investigations because there were so many unanswered questions. That went like, on like for forever. And they say you can watch them all because it was like just in the age of YouTube or whatever. Right. So like it's all online. And like this is where we get a little bit about Timothy McVeigh being there. Like for days, he just camped out and watched it all unfold yeah. and then like turned around and did the fucking Oklahoma City bombing because that's he was inspired what, by Waco. That's what happens. Like like events like this militarize people like him. Yeah. You know? And like Branch Davidians still exist. Yes. Including people who were there with Koresh. But I mean, they existed for a hundred a hundred years before right. Koresh. But like this wouldn't say, all right, let's reassess. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because the people are saying today, I'm like, oh man, like, wow, they still really Yes. There are it. some people in this documentary that are like, I would go back tomorrow if I could. And then it ends with his mother. Sometimes we have to be tested. We should have had a greater faith in God. God's will was that they died. He allowed it to happen. I think the devil was at work too, but God allowed that to happen. So I have to accept that. What she's saying, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck her. And what she's saying is like, I have to believe in my son in order to sleep at night. Exactly. Like, that's really what she's saying because like, she but has you, to think it was right. Do you now understand why if Daisy killed somebody, I'd be the first to take her down to the police station? Because I don't condone that shit. Murder? You know, yeah, yes. thank God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I would stand by my kid. I would love her. I would visit her every day in jail. I would move to whatever jail town she lived in. Uh -huh. But I'm not going to say what she did was right or preordained by God or she, or like she should get away with. It was God's will that those people died. That's Fuck insane. You, Bonnie. Yeah. That is so dangerous. And like, what is she like? The face of the Alex Jones people? You know what I mean? I know. Like, you can't encourage this. You know what haunts me? It, it, it's not in this documentary. It's in the Oklahoma City one when, yeah. when we take this detour. Remember how we heard about all those people who were stranded on the second floor? Yeah. As it's like on fire and you're going to burn alive. Yeah. You see a woman fall out of the window and you think she's jumping to get away because she survived. Mm -hmm. She gets up and she, she goes runs back, back in. in. Yeah. You know, Ooh, that's yeah, how yeah, yeah. committed they were yeah. to dying for the cause. Dying for the cause is what they feel like they were born to do. Right. And then also, like, what's the other side? Like, the devil you know? Uh-huh. Or the ATF with the tanks and the guns? You know what I mean? Yes. Then, yeah. then it gets to a point where exactly. you don't have a choice. It's yeah. the devil. It's actually the devil you know. God damn it. God damn it. Bonnie. Bonnie, no. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Oh my goodness, girl. What is this called? It's called Waco Truth and Lies. It's a 2020 ABC special. Oh, uh, very, very informative. Fam, my book comes out on the 26th. Uh, there are lots of free ways to get it if if, if that's your jam, and I, I love that so much. It's going to be in libraries, right? Libraries okay. everywhere. If you want to buy the book and you didn't get, you don't have one coming to you, I'm just saying, if you want to okay. buy a book, you can. Okay. Uh, wherever you get your books. Wonderful. Also, come and see me in St. Paul on September 15th. I'm doing my traveling book party, my right. last one before the book comes out. Come to Obsessed Fest. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I'm join excited. us on the Patreon if you want more Jillian and me. And who could blame you? You know what? We're doing Gunther's Millions right now. I, it's so What crazy. a wild ride. A billionaire dog. Okay. Or not. Or, or maybe. <laughs> or who knows. Madonna, we're at Madonna's house Madonna's the entire house. time. So I know. It's pretty great. We'll do that, I guess. All right. Well, fam, stay tuned for the funny and hilarious outtakes. I get, I'm I real angry we this said week, I think. Anything funny. This is I don't a know fucked we, up episode. I don't know if we were funny. We probably Good weren't. Luck, Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we Aww. love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Brittany went down to Myrtle Beach she told her mother that she was at a friend's house. This nonstop kid's cruising the boulevard. She's entering the Blue Water Resort. She is then seen leaving 15 minutes later. 
He left the motel not long after she did. They were certainly our prime suspects at this point. She was texting with her boyfriend. It stopped suddenly. It's like the sidewalk opened up and she was gone. Somebody knows something somewhere. Didn't you get a call from Brittany's phone at one point? Her phone had made a beeline from Myrtle Beach down to this really rural area 50 miles south. Part of the section is called Hell Hole. Oh, we all had these fantasies about snatching girls off the street. Was she scared? Was she screaming? You just don't want your best friend to ever feel that way. We went through years with nothing. But you can't give up, because if you give up, then you're giving up on her. And she would never have given up on anybody. He loves nachos. David Crush wasn't wrong about everything. Uh, yes, he was. Because <laughs> they're like evil, preachy nachos. Yeah, 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 and I yeah. don't appreciate yeah. it. He had a gunshot wound in the center of his head. You know who did it? Who? Steve Schneider, the guy who the ATF was trying to say, like, maybe we can get on Oh, his how side. do we know that Steve did it? Because I have in my notes in parentheses, Steve Schneider did it. <laughs> he had, like, a health food store, so I went in looking for a gluten-free That bed, was, like, bread. in the documentary. Yeah, but it's not health food like that. He's like, oh, that gluten allergy is not real. He's like, we can help you with that, he said. To Just me. come right here, put on this white robe. I was like, ah! and I oh ran screaming God. for my life. Oh, my God. I know. 